0: The Joe Pomp Show is brought to you by U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano and this is the Joe Pomp Show. Happy Friday. I hope everyone had a great week and is ready for the weekend. Today's episode is the second part of our Grow or Slow series, a peek into the future of the most popular U.S. sports leagues. You guys will remember that we released the first episode last week on the NFL, Today's episode is on the NBA, and we have upcoming episodes on Major League Baseball, the NHL, MLS, and more. The goal of this series is to break down where each league currently stands today from a business perspective while discussing potential opportunities or problems they may face in the future. I think you guys are really going to enjoy today's episode on the NBA, so let's get right into it. All right, when people ask me about the National Basketball Association or the NBA, My high-level response is just that we're in a really interesting place right now. On one hand, the NBA has been one of the world's fastest-growing sports leagues over the last decade. Only the NFL makes more money than the NBA in a given year, and team valuations have grown 685% over the last decade, from $509 million in 2013 to an average valuation per team of $4 billion today. For context, a 685% jump in NBA franchise valuations is roughly four and a half times more than the S&P 500's 153% return over the same time period. Now, that's not bad. But on the other hand, trouble could be on the horizon. There are rumors that the NBA's next media rights deal will be smaller than previously anticipated. The failing business model of regional sports networks will cost several teams hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. Viewership is still down 47% from the Michael Jordan days. And now the NBA's most popular owner and most visible owner, Mark Cuban, has sold his team at a considerable discount. For context, the NBA was averaging about 3 million viewers per game during the Michael Jordan era in 1995-96. But last year, they averaged just 1.59 million viewers per game. That's a 47% drop over the last, we'll call it 20 years. So what happens next? Will valuations continue to climb like they have in the past? Or is trouble actually on the horizon for the world's second most profitable sports league? Now, the NBA has long been considered one of the world's best sports assets. I mean, it makes sense. The NBA is an increasingly global sport, with international players on opening day rosters rising from about 30 in 2000 to a record 125 international players on opening day rosters this year. These players are also extremely recognizable. If you look at social media followings to judge how recognizable they actually are, LeBron James has 160 million Instagram followers today compared to someone like Patrick Mahomes in the NFL who has just 6 million followers on Instagram. And the league's business in China is now valued north of $5 billion. Now remember, this is a subsidiary that is owned 90% by the NBA, 5% owned by ESPN, and the remaining 5% is owned by several state-controlled banks. And once you add in the fact that the NBA is now building out its business in Africa and in India and other places like that, It's no surprise that the NBA is the world's second most profitable sports league. To give you some context on just where each sports league stands today, the NFL is the biggest sports league in the U.S. and quite frankly, the biggest sports league in the world. They make more money than the top five soccer leagues combined. They bring in about $19 billion in annual revenue. That should cross over $20 billion in annual revenue today. But the NBA is second. The NBA reported $10.5 billion in annual revenue last year. That should go higher this year. MLB is third at $10.3 billion in annual revenue. The NHL is fourth at $5.9 billion in annual revenue. And MLS is fifth, albeit climbing higher in the charts of U.S. professional sports leagues at $1.6 billion in annual revenue last year. And the NBA is seemingly getting stronger too. It's estimated the NBA will generate about $13 billion in revenue this year, a 12% increase from the previous season. The majority of that money, we'll call it around 50 to 52%, comes from the league's lucrative media rights deals, with the rest coming from ticket sales, about 28%, sponsorships, about 9%, and the remaining 12% comes from a bunch of different categories, everything from concessions and parking to merchandise and licensing deals and everything else. But the worst kept secret in sports is that many people believe the NBA will soon double or potentially triple its media rights package. The NBA is currently in the middle of a nine-year, $24 billion television deal with ESPN and TNT that nets the league $2.6 billion per year. This deal is set to expire after the 2024-25 season, and the NBA is currently negotiating with potential partners, hoping to land a 200% or 300% annual increase in their deal. What's up, everyone? Quick interruption to talk about today's sponsor, Plunge. Now, Plunge is one of my favorite companies at the moment. Co-founders Michael Garrett and Ryan Dewey got addicted to cold plunging at the beginning of the pandemic. But when they went to go buy a cold plunge online, everything was so expensive, so they literally built their own. Michael and Ryan built the first 20 units by hand out of their garage, and the company exploded as people like Dr. Andrew Huberman exposed the benefits of cold therapy to the masses. For example, cold plunging is proven to reduce joint pain, boost metabolism, optimize digestion, elevate mood, lessen muscle soreness, and more. I do it all the time, and I literally can't explain it. I just feel so much better when I get out of it. Plunge has since started building Saunas too. And their products are by far the best I've seen on the market. The Cold Plunge itself is sleek and stylish. It can be placed anywhere, inside or outside. It doesn't require any plumbing. And it naturally filters itself while allowing you to experience perfectly chilled water, 37 degrees Fahrenheit, within minutes. So if you want to start enjoying all of the health benefits of Cold Plunging without all of the hassle, go to plunge.com and get your tub today. And by the way, Plunge is offering all of my listeners $150 off your purchase when you use code POMP at checkout. So go to plunge.com and use code POMP, P-O-M-P, for $150 off your order. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a company that I've been thrilled to land as a sponsor for this podcast. And that's simply because therapy has always been a taboo subject that no one really wants to talk about. But given all the data that has come out, and I've seen this firsthand with myself, with my family, with my friends, and millions of other people around the world have discovered how helpful therapy can be. It can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, I recommend you giving BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So, if you're thinking about getting into therapy today, make sure to go to BetterHelp.com/pomp for a 10% discount on your first month. They've already helped millions of people, and they can help you too. So, go to BetterHelp.com/pomp for 10% off your first month. The idea is that the NBA could divide its rights up amongst more media partners than just ESPN and TNT, who have the games today. This would be similar to how the NFL has its media rights deals with companies like CBS, NBC, Fox, and ESPN, and also Amazon, collectively worth over $110 billion over 11 years. This would help expand the NBA's distribution into streaming, and it could generate billions of dollars in additional revenue. For example, if the NBA were to double its $2.6 billion annual media rights package, that would be worth $5.2 billion annually. And if they were able to triple it, We're talking nearly $7 billion annually, which would be the second biggest media rights package in sports, second in value only to the NFL. This media rights negotiation is especially important for two reasons. Number one, these deals really only come up once every decade. The last deal was nine years in length, and it's probably going to be somewhere similar this time. But number two, media rights represent the majority of league revenue. I just told you, around 50 to 52% of total league revenue. So it's super important that you get a big deal because it's long and it's a huge chunk of the overall pie. I mean, just look at what happened when the NBA announced its last media rights deal in 2014. Valuations went from $634 million in 2014 to $1.1 billion. Literally in 12 months, valuations doubled after not much growth the previous decade. And it sent the league on a decade-long growth trend that is still being felt today. But since media rights are so important to the growth of the NBA and its individual franchises, the same could be said about what would happen if media rights were to slow down. Franchise valuations across the NBA, but really across all U.S. major professional sports leagues, have become detached from reality over the last decade. One example that I like to use is that NBA teams used to trade at a three to four times revenue multiple. That's simply just taking the annual revenue of a franchise multiplying by three to four times, and that is the team's valuation. But these teams now trade at an eight times revenue multiple. That's higher than virtually every industry outside of the fastest growing companies in tech. Now, most people haven't thought twice about the NBA's multiple expansion over the years because there are a lot of powerful tailwinds at play. We're talking about the expansion of sports betting, real estate development around arenas, and a bunch of other things, too. But what if the one thing that is more profitable than all of those things combined, we're talking about meteorites, stops growing? Take Mark Cuban, for example. You guys will remember that he recently sold a majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks at a $3.5 billion valuation. Now, you probably read that Mark Cuban accepted a steep discount to the team's $4.5 billion valuation because he was maintaining control of basketball operations. That's a truly unprecedented move. But that's really only half the story. Mark Cuban is still running basketball operations and has maintained a minority stake in the team. That's true. But Patrick Dumont, who is Dr. Miriam Adelson's son-in-law, was named governor of the Dallas Mavericks. That means he will be the one attending all league meetings. He will vote on key decisions. And ultimately, he's actually in charge of basketball operations because he's the governor of the team. There is also a real estate and legalized gambling angle at play here, which we talked about last month on the podcast. But the more interesting part to me is what Mark Cuban said recently on the All the Smoke podcast with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. I'm going to read you the direct quote. He said, this next meteorite steal will be good. I don't think it will be as long as this last one, but I'm worried about the one after that. Cuban also hinted that the league's revenues might not increase every year and valuations could be shaky like it was when he bought his team in the early 2000s. He said, it's not automatic that everything always gets better. This line of thinking is similar to what I've heard from a few people in and around the NBA over the last 12 to 24 months, and it's the single biggest threat the league faces today. But the bigger question is, did Mark Cuban sell the team because he wanted to take cash off the table or because he thought valuation growth would stall? My guess, it's both. Everyone knows how valuable live sports are to the TV bundle. I mean, sports represented 96 out of the top 100 most watched TV broadcasts last year. And even with the decline of the cable bundle, the idea has always been that the demand from linear networks, plus the addition of streaming companies getting into the mix, would drive media rights even higher. Now, that's been true so far. I mean, we just talked about the NFL. They added billions in revenue from deals with Amazon and Peacock, while Fox, CBS and ESPN have also increased their fees. But that doesn't mean it will happen forever cable companies will soon reach a point where it doesn't make financial sense to pay up for future rights, which is why you have already heard rumors that the NBA's next deal won't be as big as they previously thought it would. Streaming companies make significantly more money off of other endeavors, which is why Amazon's true desire is to have people join their prime bundle. And bankruptcies across various regional sports networks have already cost NBA, MLB, and NHL teams billions of dollars in projected payments over the next decade. Those three things combined paint a grim picture of the NBA's long-term future. Now, that's not to say the NBA won't grow in value. It's the second most popular sport in the United States. The league will eventually add two expansion teams, providing each of the NBA's current teams with a projected $300 million payment. And that's without even counting all of the other benefits, like international growth, and perhaps even more importantly, the tax benefits that the league's billionaire owners get from owning a team. But still, U.S. advertisers don't care about international growth. The biggest dollars in sports business keep moving towards American football, both the NFL, but also college football, which you could argue is much bigger than the NBA today. And ultimately, what I'm trying to say through all of this is that there's so many pros for the NBA today. International growth, valuation growth, a new media rights deal, etc., But given the headwinds that they'll face over the next few years, no one should expect NBA valuations to grow at the same rate that they have over the last decade. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this breakdown on the NBA and its business, both in the past, but also today and into the future. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend. I've already done one on the NFL. This one was on the NBA, and we'll be doing them on all the other major U.S. professional sports leagues as well. I hope everyone has a great day, and we'll talk on Monday.